Happy Thursday, Living Truth community. Welcome to another episode of the Living Truth podcast. We're so happy to be here with you. As always, I'm your producer, Sean. I am joined by your host, Nafaya Reed. Tell them what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to be talking about chronic diseases or chronic illnesses, how nutrition affects that. And Sean and I are just going to do, you know, kind of a flow through this. Since we've been doing our podcast, I've had a number of people reach out to me and ask me to go a little bit deeper into what a chronic disease is and how it's affecting us. So today we'll touch on that and we'll see where it leads us. Sounds like a plan. Let's get into it. Well, first off, chronic diseases are conditions that last greater than a year. They require lots of medical attention. They severely limit your activities of daily living. They limit your vitality, your ability to live in the way that you really want to live. Chronic diseases include heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and those are the leading causes of death and disability in the U.S. Nearly half of all Americans suffer from at least one chronic disease. So that's about 48% or 133, 140 million people. So again, we're talking about heart disease, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, stroke, respiratory diseases, obesity, arthritis, even oral diseases. In oral diseases, oral means diseases of your mouth. They lead to hospitalizations, long-term disability, reduced quality of life, and eventually death if they are not managed. Included in this discussion of chronic lifestyle illnesses, do chronic mental lifestyle illnesses fall under this category as well, like depression or anxiety? These are also things that would hinder you from living life the way you want to live it and, you know, things that can be combated by some of the things we talk about, you know, the way you move and your nutrition and things like that. Absolutely. And in the healthcare arena, we recognize that when you are suffering from a physical disease, it highly affects your mental capacity, your behavioral capacity. So if you are an individual who was active at one point, but now you're suffering from a heart condition that is not allowing you to get the circulation you need through your body to breathe well, you can't do the activities that you would normally do, which impacts you mentally. If you are suffering a chronic disease, you are likely to be hospitalized if it is not managed well. And, and that's another thing we want to get past managing these diseases. We want to mitigate and stop these diseases from happening. But if it's not managed well, you're likely to be hospitalized or bedridden. And now you're suffering again in a, a psychological capacity. In, in addition, anxiety, depression, all of those other mental illnesses that are not checked for whatever reason, um, lack of access, lack of knowledge, embarrassment, those can cause long lasting effects and exacerbate just like our physical chronic diseases and not our mental chronic diseases. You talk about the mitigation and sort of being proactive about a lot of these chronic lifestyle illnesses. What's stopping us as a as a population, as a people from getting there? We have you and other outlets putting out all of this critical, crucial information all of the time on these chronic illnesses, how to get ahead of them. And if you've already been affected, how to work with them to, you know, sort of reverse the clock. So what's stopping us from really addressing these issues? Each individual is making a choice. We have 
so much knowledge available to us now, as you stated, you have me. I mean, we have a world of knowledge to tell us what's good for us, what's bad for us. And we have knowledge based on scientific evidence, not just personal opinion and not just personal experience, but personal experience is a good foundation for knowledge. Many of the risk factors that we see for chronic diseases include smoking, physical inactivity, excessive alcohol use, and your nutrition. And that leads me to, we we make the choice to do what's right and what's wrong. We've known for years that smoking is going to eventually kill you. Being overweight or obese, being too thin or cachectic can cause some physical limitations, can lead to chronic diseases, excessive alcohol use, can lead to major illnesses, cirrhosis of the liver, impaired uh, mental capacity, and eating the wrong things are directly linked to many of these chronic diseases. So our heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, nutrition is the key. At a recent event in which I have personally treated and provided services for individuals with chronic lifestyle illnesses who are currently suffering some of those illnesses and some of those people who, as a trained clinician, I recognize signs of disease and the food layout was completely inadequate to serve those people. And what I mean by that is the food was provided to give a lunch to these individuals, but nothing in that lunch was of any nutritional or health value. It consisted of meat and cheese sandwiches, veggie sandwiches with cheese and mayo, all different types of potato chips, different sodas, and I, and I believe there, there was some sweet treat there. At this event, what I ate was grapes, which I had brought with me. And that's a thing that I do frequently. I take my food with me because more than likely I'm not going to be able to eat. And that allowed me to make a choice. Do I eat what's on this table? None of that is a part of my nutrition plan. So I didn't. And I stuck with my grapes and my water until I was able to get home and eat what I had prepared for a meal. The point in me saying all of this, this is a place where we preach being in good health physically, mentally, spiritually, where we work very hard to serve the community so that they are well. And then it was contradicted and what was provided to them. And again, all of these individuals, like I said, many of them I have treated personally, or I am in one capacity or another was helping to manage a illness that they have. And so they've been taught this, but still they make a choice. Yeah, it, it sounds like they were about a quarter of the way there where, you know, I'm hearing there were some proteins, there were some vegetable options, but then you encase that sort of in, you know, processed cheese or condiments in between, you know, maybe two sugary pieces of bread and the side is a bag of processed chips and you're supposed to wash that down with a very sugary, artificially colored soda. I I hear the intentions. Uh, You want to feed people. You want to feed people cost effectively when you're dealing with large groups of people. But 
it, it if what you're preaching is vitality and strength physically and mentally and spiritually, then you sort of have to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and provide people with the nutrients to actually live that way. But I think another thing to consider is, and we've talked about this before, access. This is what these people were provided. They didn't bring the meat and cheese sandwiches with the potato chips and the sodas. This was what was provided for them. And if you think about this, maybe in a public school setting, a a child at lunch eats what's provided for them. So if it is processed microwave meal and the side is a cheese stick and a bag of potato chips and maybe you get a high sugary juice to go with it. Is that so much the fault of the individual who was provided this food? You know, they came here to be fed. So we're going to address all of your questions here. You brought up cost, you brought up access, and you brought up blame or responsibility of the individual. First, I want to talk about the cost of a lifestyle disease. Chronic diseases are a major driver in healthcare cost. According to the CDC, chronic diseases alone account for 75% of aggregate healthcare spending. That's $5,300 per person annually. If we break it down, that can be even more depending on the disease or the comorbid diseases that go along with that. Based on all of the treatment of chronic diseases, it does compromise an even larger portion of spending. More than two thirds of death are caused by chronic disease. So can people really afford to have a chronic disease? Then we talk about access. That's one of the greatest problems and one of the reasons why we started Living Truth. Access to appropriate care, access to information, access to what is needed in order for people to live their best life. So your question was, these individuals were provided for this meal. But that's what I'm talking about. When you look at this meal and you see this is probably not going to make me feel good. You you make a choice. Do I eat this and not feel good or aggravate my condition, aggravate my gout, increase my blood glucose levels, increase my hypertension? Do I suffer for a moment of satisfaction or do I make the right choice? And, and, and that's what I'm talking about. It, it, it's a choice that you're making. But I, I, and I'm not taking from the limited access of individuals who suffer chronic lifestyle diseases. These people generally don't have access to nutritious food, fresh cooked vegetables and fresh cooked meals. Everything around them is fast food, cheap food. And that's why, as you stated, that meal was provided. That was cost effective for the number of people that needed to be fed. Whereas if a different meal was prepared, fresh salads, fresh warm vegetables, maybe maybe even a pasta that didn't include processed cheese, it would have more than likely been triple, quadruple the price. And in this scenario, you had the foresight and the resources to provide your own lunch. So I understand what you're saying. You have to make a choice. But is the correct choice to not eat? 
lunch, to skip lunch. Not everybody had the foresight you had. Not everybody is, I guess, thinking that far ahead or thinking that deeply about what they're potentially going to be putting in their body. I know that's a that's another decision you have to make before you head out to be provided food. But in that scenario is the choice. Well, I should probably skip this and maybe I'll grab something after the event. Or, you know, is the choice not to eat? The best choice is not to eat, especially when it can negatively affect you. Now, let me also say this. In this case and in the area that we were in and what I know about the situation, that might have been the only meal that some of those individuals had for the day or maybe had within the last couple of days. But when you're making better choices for your life, the then the decision is not to eat. And that was my decision. I can I can safely make that decision where other individuals may not be able to safely make that decision. And because I do what I do and I live the way I live and I choose nutrition and health over self-satisfaction or an immediate desire. I know to bring my food with me or I know more than likely there's nothing there for me to eat. So I'll eat when I get back home or I pre pre prepare. I eat before I go to an event. So I'm not hungry. And again, I know that's not a choice that everybody can make that might have been their only opportunity to eat. And even one individual there said to me, what's your website again? What do you do? As I was explaining to her, all I eat is fruit and vegetables. She was telling me, oh, I'm not ready to do that yet. If I could stop eating chicken and you can, you can stop eating chicken. But people also have to be in that mindset. And that's where we're trying to get people to, to learn how to live an intentional, intentional life of vitality through nutrition. And yeah, I I agree that discipline is a key factor in all of this uh, discipline and intentionality. And I like the term or the phrase you used of sort of denying yourself maybe an instant gratification or instant satisfaction so that you could stay intentional and stay disciplined about what you're trying to put in your body. Maybe I can meet you in a more central place. Is there something we can do if we're put in this situation? Is there is there anything we can do to still be able to eat and feel okay about that? Can we open the sandwich up and take the cheese off of the chicken or off of the vegetables? Can we maybe skip out on the chips or skip out on the soda and fill up a water cup instead? What what? What can we do to help ourselves when we're sort of put in these, what it sounds like, lose-lose situations? What can we do when we really still do need to eat or, you know, want to eat? And you've said, you, you said exactly that. You can open up the sandwich and take off the cheese. However, this cheese was melted throughout the vegetables. And then you have the condiments that are already spreaded within the bread, but you do have choices because this was a real situation. What someone could have done in that situation is exactly what you said. Skip out on the soda, drink the water, not eat the potato chips, and maybe just eat the veggie sandwich. Now, not everybody is a vegan or vegetarian. You still have your meat eaters out there. And they're There are nutrients to be had and some other things that you can find 
outside of just eating the, the best source is what grows out of the ground is the plants and the fruits that is what the animals eat but there are nutrients to be found in some of those other things that people are consuming there's some negatives too but the biggest issue with that particular sandwich or one of the particular sandwiches is that all of the meat is processed. All of the cheese is processed. So those meats are, again, high in fats, saturated fats, high in salts and preservative, high in natural flavors. Nobody else ever tells us what those natural flavors are. So you're putting something in your body. How natural if you have to add them in. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, And that's my point. We don't even know what we're putting in our body. So even in that arena where, okay, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to try and pull the cheese off or I'm going to only eat half. You are micro dosing yourself, micro poisoning yourself. We've got, <laughs> we've got a coin <laughs> that term. I like that a lot. Sorry, going to carry on. <laughs> and so are you going to just continue to do that? And I, I just want to say if it was poison, a known poison, are you going to, I'm just going to take a little bit of this poison today. Maybe Maybe not tomorrow. And then the next day I'll take a little bit more of this poison and then I'll skip a day and I'll take a, you're going to die eventually, or you're going to become very, very sick if you don't die. And that's the same when managing your nutrition and what you're putting in your body. It's important to make sure that you're putting the right things in your body to reach the highest level of health. The heart-wrenching part of that is we sort of already know the answer to the analogy you just made, which is kind of what you started with. People will, you know, think about smoking or drinking alcohol. People quite literally will say, yeah, I'll just take a little poison today. Mm-hmm. Or, and I, I'll skip tomorrow, but then the next day I'll take an extra dose, you know, of po- I'll have two cigarettes or four drinks. And so we know that people are willing to look something in the face. Like you said, it's, it's on the label. It's on the box. This will cause this disease. This will kill you. People are willing to sort of look over it for their temporary satisfaction. How do we get people to want to be more disciplined or intentional? Again, as I started this podcast off, it's a choice. In order to get to your next level of success in nutrition and health, you have to be disciplined. You have to abstain. You have to make some sacrifices to get to your next level. It's not easy. I didn't get to, it was a hard work for me to get to where I am now, where I can sit and I try to no longer do this. I want to say that where I can sit at a table with people who are eating ribs and chicken or whatever they're eating. And it doesn't even phase me. It actually makes me physically sick at this point to even smell it, to even look at it because I've worked so hard to get beyond that. I I want everybody to think about this. All of the listeners out there, I want everybody to think about this. My mentor and coach, Lisa A. Smith, puts it like this. She says, when you're dealing with an alcoholic or a drug addict and we are trying to get them to abstain from these practices, we're not going to tell them, oh, you can have one drink or or you can have one hit. We're not going to do that to them. And that's the same with 
our nutrition. We have to take it that seriously. And I've talked about the addiction of food. Food addiction is really a major issue. Sugar addiction is really a major issue. And we have to look at these things the same way we would look at hard drugs or uh, substance or alcohol abuse. We have to look at food and sugar the same exact way. And I think you just made some really clarifying and important points there. Hopefully sometime soon we can have a more in-depth conversation about the, the depths of your own specific journey, the years it took you to get from where you were to where you are now, because like you just stated, it was not always easy to smell the bacon cooking in the morning and go, Lord knows it was not always, (laughs) you know, I'll just have a piece or a a bite of that, something along those lines and just, yeah, look at it like anything else. You brought up very severe things like drug addiction, alcohol addiction, but it takes discipline and intention, just like graduating high school or college. You have to prioritize if it is truly your goal, you have to make it a priority and you have to move in the way that will get you to where you're trying to be. And it it is not easy. It is something that you always have to be thinking about, practicing, learning more about and fighting the battle within yourself until it is won. Right. And moving in the way you want it to be, I move in integrity. I am able to do this because I have great integrity. I want to help save lives. I want people to change their lives. I want people to feel as good as I feel at my young age of 23. I... I'm also 23, audience. <laughs> I I want people to live a long life. So I don't sit here and tell you what you should be doing and I'm not doing it. I'm doing it every day and it's hard work every day. Every morning when I get up early, I know I need to go move my body and I attempt to do that before I start my day. I start my day with prayer. I get up and I try and uh, see my husband out the door for work and get my workout in before I'm distracted by all of the woes of the day. I, You heard me say over and over again, if you've listened to these uh, podcasts, I pre-prep my meals. Then I don't have an excuse to go buy food out or to not eat or to eat something that's not beneficial to me. When I shop, I don't even buy things that are not beneficial to me. I was sharing with uh, Sean and his girlfriend the other day, I was standing in my pantry and I was just so proud of myself of how it looked. There was nothing in my pantry that could cause me to fall off the wagon or cause me harm. And I was just so happy about that, um, that I needed to share it. So I live in integrity so that I can help all of you live a better life and live in integrity and share what I'm sharing with you with others. And I can second that. She most certainly does. She is uh, something for all of us here in the Living Truth community to aspire to a real example of practicing what you preach. Me, on the other hand, I will tell you to do things that I'm not doing because I want to see you be the best version of yourself. (laughs) Don't be like me. When I hit stop recording on this podcast, I might go have a milkshake. <laughs> Don't be like me. I want you to be the best version of you and really, you know, live that slogan, live an intentional life of vitality through nutrition 
it is that important. I I know I just made that uh, side comment there, but like I started with, I, I am also trying to aspire, you know, to the standards that Nafia has set. And again, I just like to double down on, I have witnessed her practicing what she's preaching and it's truly not telling anybody to choose in a way that she does not choose, eat in a way that she does not eat, move in a way that she does not move. And it has made an enormous, noticeable difference from an outside perspective in her life. So I truly cannot even imagine the internal changes it has made, you know, for her personally, you know, making all of these really significant positive changes. And and to talk about the internal changes, I mentioned very early on that I was also diagnosed with depression, which our producer here recognized when he was a young child that I had depression. And it was him who inspired me or encouraged me to go see somebody because I didn't want to see my I didn't want my child to see me in a state that caused him to be uncomfortable. I would like to say I am not recommending this. I did go to talk therapy, group therapy. I was prescribed a number of medications, which I never took. And I began this journey that I'm on now of exercising, of taking time to look internally at what what was happening with me, really evaluating the things that matter, though the things that didn't matter, changing my nutrition. And I have never been happier. I have never been more sound or felt better than than I feel now. And again, that's mentally, physically, and spiritually. When your mind is clear and your body is clear, your spirit is clear, you you just connect and you move in different ways. And I would like to make a, another point. Sean is not perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect, you guys, but I would have to give kudos to Sean as well. He has made some significant changes in what he puts in his body. Sean used to love chocolate milk whole chocolate milk and cheese and things. And he's made some great changes as well. So it's not an overnight thing. We understand that it's not overnight. It's small changes, but I want small, fast changes. You guys, small, fast, make it fast. We want to live a long life of vitality. We want to experience all that this world has to offer us. And that's what I want for everybody else. To quote the great RuPaul, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Living Truth Podcast. It's been great. We'll be back next Thursday. Love yourself. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Make good choices. Go Detroit sports team. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>